Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber. I'm Shaylee Evans, and I'm a life coach for pets and their people. I'm a truth seeker, and it's my passion to empower others and to give animals a voice along the way. I'm Amber Lydic, and I have been a performance horse trainer focused on behavioral issues for over 20 years. My current passion is creating impactful in-person and online events and collaborating with professionals to be on the leading edge of positive change in the horse industry. We are two friends invested in theta healing, belief system work, animal communication, and any resources that benefit human-animal partnerships. So turn up the volume and let's dive into the Great Awakening, brought to you by Our Horses. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We have a very interesting episode today. We are connecting to a little horse collective. Um, our One of our tea house family members, her herd has volunteered um, to kind of speak their truth and their messages on the podcast, kind of like a little interview. Um, this is obviously the first time we've done this, so we don't really know <laughs> what it's going to look like, but... <laughs> We'll see what happens. And um, she has several horses that have kind of stepped forward, um, two mares. And I guess initially I'll say there's like this, there's like a couple of themes they want to talk about. And the first one is kind of redefining the energy around, I want what's best for you. And keep in mind, as I ask the horses, these messages some of them pertain specifically to their people, but for the most part, I'm asking it with the intention of what energy do you want to bring to the world? What is your higher purpose? Um, what is your message that you would like to send out into the world on behalf of the Horse Collective? So I kind of asked them the questions and will be asking them in like a very broad perspective. So yeah, just to lay a little foundation and we'll see what happens. Amber, do you feel like you need to say anything before we start? No, I just wanted to tell the people that are watching and are not watching that we do have the caretakers of the horses, just in case people are watching and they're like, who are these people? Just who are, <laughs> who are they? Who are they? And how come they're not being introduced? <laughs> but these are their caretakers of the horses that are coming forward today to join us on our podcast, Elsie and Stephanie. Um, and that that topic, like we were just saying, even this morning, I woke up before me and you talked about me feeling like I wanted to create this post and probably still well will, but I couldn't birth it because <laughs> I was distracted with other things about that idea of we do only see and perceive things through our own lens. And so to be so careful when we are deciding what is best or not best for the people we love or the animals that we have in our lives and check in to make sure it's not just something that you really need <laughs> or needed. And I saw this video this morning, which was so interesting and it was this guy talking about, and I think I shared it in my stories, he was talking about like, why do we have children or why do we have, you know, what are children's roles in our life? And I think it can pertain to our horses in our lives as well as children. But he was saying like, he had an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old. And he said, when I'm here in this space and I'm being triggered by my eight-year-old, there's something about the eight-year-old version of me that needed to be revisited, reflected, re-raised. 
And so I think that it goes out to anything that is triggering you, right? And then to make sure that, well, I'm feeling like this is what's going to solve this for you. And it's like, well, is that something that you actually needed? So that piece of allowing it to be self-reflection first before you go like assuming that it is the way that it is just because it popped into your brain. But like, I feel like I have to do that all the time, especially doing this podcast. You start to feel a little bit responsible about the things that you say and you want to be more mindful of the things. And we kind of like blah all the time with each other. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, well, this is being recorded and people are listening and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I should actually pay attention to the words coming out of my mouth because they're so, they're so sometimes free flowing and from an unconscious place, but that's where like a lot of your truths are revealed, you know? And like, I think a lot of people don't really slow down and go, wait a minute. It's like us using um and, and it's like, what if we slow down in the middle of those pauses and go, what am I really thinking right now? Is this mine or is this theirs? Is this what I need or is this what they need? So those are my random thoughts that were popping out as you were talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the is this mine thing is really a big, that's actually been, um, I know, a personal lesson for Stephanie and her herd and really releasing a lot of the responsibility around what isn't hers and kind of that that deep caretaker role and keeping everything together as it needs. And I thought it was so interesting because her herd came forward right away with this energy around, I want what's best for you. Well, let's take a deeper look into that. And I was just laughing because one of her horses is just this like fiery redhead gelding. And he's like, well, I want what's best for me too. And I know what's best for me. Do you know what's best for you? And like, <laughs> if you spent more time feeling into what's best for you, then I can spend more time doing what's best for me. And then we can co-create together in like such a happy way. And it just made me laugh. And I, I think that's such a beautiful, like first message to like bring through this podcast is like, really nurturing what feels good to you, what makes you happy, what energy are you wanting to put out there and receive that back. And a little personal story um, from my end, it reminds me of our last um, group meeting with Rochelle for our Theta Healing class, where I was mm -hmm. asking about dehydration. And I notice all the time that Biggie drinks so much water and I'm always dehydrated. And um and so she's like, well, let's take you into the light and let's like teach your kidneys what it feels like to be hydrated. And so we go into the light and I bring Biggie up with me and I'm doing it for him. And meanwhile, everyone else is trying to do it for me. And like, she's like, hold on, something's blocking. <laughs> like, what is going on here? I see the light coming into your body and then leaving again. Like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, I know that I really need this, but like, I feel like Biggie needs it. So like, I want to do it for him first. And she's like, well, it doesn't work. Like you can't pour <laughs> from a glass that's half full. And I feel like so often we do that. And, and I didn't even ask him if that's something that he wanted. I brought him <laughs> up there and I was like, let's ask your kidneys if they know what it feels like to be hydrated. I wasn't like, Hey, would you like to do to shift in your body? So I think, yeah, it just, it ties in beautifully with what you were saying around like, is this mine? Is this really what my horse needs? Do I really know that they need that? And asking them because sometimes they do like horses do love creature comforts, you know, like they like the things that we have to offer. They came to us for a reason and they know they're kind of know how to get what they want. But yeah, recognizing that is this mine, I think is a big piece of it. 
Yeah. And then I think we attract so many people that they're not necessarily takers ever. Like, I don't know if we've ever had anyone, definitely not in our membership, definitely not in any of our workshops. Have we ever had anyone be somebody who's like, I want this from my horse. Tell me how to get it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not a thing that we attract. And so we attract all these people that just want to do nothing but give for their horses when that same sentiment is like, you can't do that. And we all know that. We all know that. Like, we hear it all the time. You hear it all. You read it in all the books and all the memes and all the, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. And we're like, take my water. <laughs> Let it run right through my kidneys into yours. It's just, that's a slowing down piece of what do I need right now? And if I feel like I don't, I'm not worthy of it, or I can't make the time for it, or it's not, it's not right for me to do that. That's where like that seep, that self-reflection and that starting to ask yourself and get curious about those questions. Why do I even believe that I shouldn't be able to slow down and take care of myself first? Like, why do I think, you know, where did that come from? And you clear that first and then go out into the world and hydrate kidneys that aren't yours. <laughs> Well, and that makes me think of, um, the horse that came through. I can't remember if it was like the 21 day challenge or what thing that we did where the horse was like talking to all the moms and was like, mm. you are very self-sacrificing. Like, why is there this belief around motherhood being self-sacrificing? And I think any of us as women who are wanting to do right by our animals get into that mothering energy and it totally can turn into like a self-sacrificing energy, which creates a little discord because our horses will not self-sacrifice. Like I can't even say how many sessions I have where I'm like, actually, let me backtrack because sometimes I will say your horse wants to please you so much, or they don't see another way that they will do this at the expense of their body, which feels self-sacrificing if they feel like they have no other choice. But for the most part, they will not sacrifice their well-being or their safety or their friends or their food for the sake of like um, an external source. So yeah, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> This is actually a very distracting podcast because the horses are talking to me at the same time and I'm like kind of losing my train of thought a little bit like um, there's this little baby sizzle and she um, how old is she now Stephanie like a, a year or two years two almost two. Yeah, um, she is just like nuzzling and it's just kind of funny because the horses want to talk about blanketing because it's that's very relevant. Like it's winter right now. These horses are in Canada and it's very snowy. It's actually very picturesque. We should like put the background of the picture <laughs> that Stephanie posted because it's so, so pretty. Um, but it's so interesting to me because some of the horses present themselves with blankets and some don't. And they're being very clear about that. Like it's this message of like, you don't know what's good for me. And Elsie has this mare Farah and she's got this big old round bod and she <laughs> has never wanted to allow that bod to be controlled. And it's been like a big, it's been a big thing for their relationship. And she's coming forward with this message of, like, you don't know what's best for me. Some, I might want a blanket or I might not. And it made me think of how 
us as humans will totally be like, they're going to regret it later. Like if you don't wear this blanket, it's dropping 20 degrees and they don't know, or it's going to be raining and it's cold and freezing. And it just, it's funny where my human mind went, where I'm like, well, if you don't wear a blanket and you get cold and you don't have shelter and she's like, well, that's not now. Like, why would I, why would I be thinking about that? Then I would just, you don't know if that's going to happen or not. She kind of gave me this vibe of like, when the weatherman says it's going to rain, does it always rain? No. Like they, she can pick that up from the human consciousness, how we're like, the weather is always wrong or whatever, like whatever we see. So she's like, how can you trust this like piece of technology? I'm trusting that my body has everything that it needs. I know my person is going to offer me the resources. I have food. I have trees. Um, I was also meant, she's like, she's telling me now, I was also meant to live outside. So, I mean, <laughs> there's that. But it's this energy around when, what do I want to say about this? I guess with blanketing specifically where like our human minds will go, oh, I don't want to like fail my horse or choose the wrong, you know, like smart pack has that blanket calculator where you like put in like the temperature or whatever. And like, it tells you whether or not to blanket your horse or what weight to blanket your horse. And it's like, whoa, when did we stop listening to them? And we're like looking at this calculator to decide <laughs> And just knowing that this is what she's saying. She's like, because I'm saying, well, what if the temperature drops and you get cold? And she's saying, well, at least that I made that conscious decision and it felt good to me at the time. That's like, that's her message. Felt good to me at the time and it feels good now. Like there's no, I wish I had my blanket. It's just now I need to walk over to this hay pile and eat a little bit more so I can stay warm. So yeah, here's my current situation. What am I doing right now? And how do I want to feel? <laughs> uh, it is such an interesting thing, the whole blanketing. And like every year, as soon as winter starts to come, it's like this frenzy of like things and different groups and like there's memes and there's like, and it is, I stopped blanketing my horses two years ago. And last year was the rainiest year that we've probably ever had in California, at least in, in my lifetime. And Everyone except for Clover, who is my mayor, who is like, yesterday I opened the gates to let everyone out because it rained really hard. Let them eat breakfast. And I opened it and it started to sprinkle. And she stopped at the edge right where the shelter ends and was like, no, I don't. I'll stay in here. Like she would stay in her stall 24-7, but she's an anomaly. <laughs> and it was like there was something that Shaylee had said to me where she was like, a lot of horses will say that they like the feeling of the raindrops on their body as like a proprioceptive Thing, like it feels good to them and I swear after she told me that it released so much pressure <laughs> on me to like make sure that they weren't wet and cold because I hate being wet and cold and so it was like this huge thing for me and then secondly I think before I really started having these conversations on the podcast and just knowing Shaylee was and I think this is pretty and you can tell me if I'm wrong pretty common where people I'm like oh my my personal example is when my dog Luna I almost called her sugar that was weird because sugar also had this issue would run out and it's coyote season right now it's breeding season the coyotes get really they get really wild and they're always on the property and it's like a whole thing and I'm like can you just tell my freaking dog to not run out like I'm like let me force what I need from her to not do you tell her that and it was just so funny she's like well I can let her know and she's like hold on let me go let me go and she came back and I believe the response was she basically 
farted and walked away <laughs> like a dog middle finger. And I'm like, it's so funny that it's like I wouldn't be able to tell another human, hey, I don't want you to do that. I don't do it and expect them to do it. But I think us as people think, well, if they can understand what we're saying to them, they should just comply. They should just understand. Mm -hmm. And they still have free will. They still have their own ideas. And that was the other thing that she would say, own idea, own idea. So now I feel like I see Luna at all times, own idea. And it was the same thing that I was like, tell her not to eat the chickens because we have to lock her in the house midday because the chickens come out and there's like a whole freaking schedule and she keeps eating them. So now it's like this thing. And like, just tell her if she doesn't eat the chickens, she can be out all day. And it was like, nope. And so ironically, like hardly ever do you know of dogs that have a history of eating chickens to stop. You know, and it was like the moment that I was like, whatever, this is just you eat chickens. So you go inside for a few hours a day, whatever I, I give. And then she now can be out with the chickens. It was just like she was trying to teach me that lesson of you just need to let it go. This is who I am. Accept me for who I am and what I do. And I was like, OK, fine. And now she's out with the chickens all the time and she doesn't even bother them. So it's just as interesting. It was like <laughs> those two things really stood out for me that released my like they must hate it, which was me. I hate it. It wasn't them. Except for Clover. I know she hates it. And then also this, like, you can't think that just because they understand why you're telling them they need a thing, it's still, it's not relevant to them. They don't care. They know what they need and what they want. And no, thank you. And own idea <laughs> will forever be stamped in my brain whenever I feel like I want to impose what I think on my dogs or any of my animals because they're all very independent. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. It's so interesting how like the strong-willed animals go to people who will listen and they will like fight and fight until people give up on them and pass them around. And then they find someone who aligns with their messages. Like one of Elsie's mares who's non-physical is kind of like chiming into the conversation. And it's like this energy around like I and it's kind of funny because it's almost like I had to fight and fight to get to you. And then when I'm getting to you, I'm going to like fight for you to hear these messages too and not fight in the sense of like anger or negative. Like it doesn't feel like that at all. It's just like, I have these messages and I'm going to, and that's why I have such a strong opinion around lost animals and rehoming animals. And I do feel like there's an ethical piece to it. But I also just see that broader perspective of animals that are, it's just like they know what they want and they're going to curate their experience. And sometimes they really do know what pushes their humans buttons because they're like, I don't belong with you. Like I belong with someone else and I'm going to teach this little girl all about riding and boundaries and how to stand up for herself and how to find what feels good and um. And then when I leave, I'm going to give her another mare that has the same lessons and <laughs> she's going to learn it in a different way. And um, yeah, it's just kind of a fun experience. And uh, it's interesting because the horses also have like this energy around comparison. And I know we've talked about this a lot in the podcast because comparison is such a big thing we do as humans. Like we compare one moment to the next we compare one friend to the other one vacation to the one other squishy we compare the weather to one another squishy to the yes my lesson is still being uh, learned it's my water is on it though <laughs> yeah actually the squishy so i got this vibes up pad from oh jessica lynn with Earth Song ranch she sent it to me 
And I, it came with a little sticky note that said, put this under your water and it will make your water bubble. And instantly I had a belief that I was going to put it on my water and my water was going to bubble. And it did. And then Amber was like, I want that. So we both bought like more squishies to charge our food. It's like a crystal mud pad and it's supposed to be charged with like bioresonance and all this stuff. And she gets it and like tried all of her squishies, took them up into the, at one point she sent me a picture where she had just like five all up against her cup and her cup never like had a single bubble in it. And it was this whole lesson for Amber around comparison and wanting her experience to be the exact same as mine. And it was such a good, I love it when stuff like that happens in our partnership, because it's like such a good gateway into like what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) It's like the lessons that we need to learn in the moment. And then now I have this little horse family that's wants to talk to the collective about comparison and Um, it's so interesting because I feel like, um, especially comparing one moment to the next is such a big thing. And Cherry, one of the mares that's in this little herd was like, I'll give you a perfect example. It drives me crazy when she's like, are you guys ready for your food? And then it's almost like you're having like a casual conversation, like not trying, like, you're just like, Oh, you're ready to eat. Like I'm getting ready to feed you. And she's kind of like, wake me when the food is here. Like, why are you telling me five minutes or 20 minutes before you're feeding me? Like, just tell me when the food is here and I will come in and get it. And it was just this funny. Um, and she's such a little chonk too, which makes me more happy that, that like, this is her message, but um, it's just, it was this energy around like, I don't really care what you're doing in five minutes. I care what you're doing now. And as I'm looking at you right now, I don't see any food in your <laughs> hand. So like, why are you telling me this? And that's been such a big lesson for me lately is like being in the current moment. And I keep having to bring myself back to like, what is going on now? What is going on now? And it's wild how throughout our day, like, even if you just were to be very conscious for 10 minutes, there's probably like, five times in that where you think about what you're going to do next and you have to bring yourself back into the current moment. So interesting how we live so future and past. I wonder why that happens to us. Yeah. And the, oh, oh, sorry, there's a horse where it's not supposed to be, but I'm sure it's fine. I was like, oh, you're not supposed to be there. Um, (laughs) There's people here. I'm sure it'll work out. Um, What it was making me think of is in Manifesting Magic, which is a program for you that are listening that don't know that we started in January and the biggest thing for me, that's been such a powerful tools, um, new segment and how Shaylee is always talking about the animals just live from segment to segment, which was basically moment to moment. And every time something different happens, it's a new segment. And when you're kind of like spiraling or you're worrying about the future or you're ruminating on the past or like you're not present, it's like the statement, new, new segment is like brings me right back like okay wait what do I want right now in this moment forward like I was really stressed out this morning and I was running around and I tried to set my stand up and it was all wobbly and then I was trying to plug my computer and it was just a mess and I literally just stopped and I was like new segment because I was scattered right so just even finding like something to anchor in like a word or like anything a smell if that's something that works for people like these little tools that you have to to bring you back in the current moment repeatedly as many times as you need um throughout your day it's i'm think like 
the awareness piece is so potent and powerful and it seems like everyone talks about it but once you really fully understand that that's like the basis and foundation of like everything (laughs) is the awareness of when I'm somewhere except for right here in this moment is just like really calls all of your power back to be able to make the decision for like okay how do I want to feel now actually because I do have control over this you know what I mean so so yeah new segment was being used quite a bit this morning (laughs) to keep me in the present moment (laughs) I love new segment um so squirrel um Stephanie is was Roxy a lesson horse at any point um, no, she is a little schoolmaster. So um, she had one owner previous to us um, and they had her from about the age of two. Like she was bought from her breeder by her former owners around the age of two. And then she was in a, a very um, sort of high caliber um, dressage barn. And the pony was, she's a pony. Um, she's 13, three and three quarter hands. Um, uh, she's, she's a unicorn and she was trained to FEI pony level, um, which is about roughly third level dressage. Um, so, and she was quite successful. So, um, we got her when she was, I'm going to say six, maybe six or seven. And she had had a lot of training put on her from basically two until six years old. Like she had started learning her changes at age six, she was starting to do half steps and that kind of stuff. And um, we got her um, as a schoolmaster for Elsie when you were like, what, 10 or something? Or yeah, yeah, maybe. I think we got her in 2009. 2009. Yeah. So you would have been yeah, 10. The year and before so, Fire was born. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, Elsie started at you know, basic, basic level. Like she didn't just get on this pony and go like, you can't really do that. So we never really trained her beyond what she had received, you know, initially, but um, Elsie rode her. And then Elsie's younger sister, Lucy also rode her and uh, she's still with us. So no, she wasn't in any type of a lesson program other than for my two girls. Cool. Yeah, I was just curious because it's it's interesting. There's this energy around like retirement. And what's funny is she's like your oldest of the herd. And yet your horse, who you're like main gelding, who is like in his teens, like what I would consider like the prime age to be in, is the one that has this lesson around the retirement. And he's kind of telling me now, like, he's like speaking for Roxy. Like he's kind of like, she's not really going to speak for herself. Like she has messages, but she's kind of like the good one. Like she feels like I'm like a lesson horse or I'm like a, uh, yeah, like a schoolmaster energy where she's like, this is what I came to do. I came to teach through my body and I'm fully accepting of that. But what's interesting to me is that Sunny has this energy around redefining retirement and like what humans think retirement is and um, not in a sense that like it doesn't feel like she has this consciousness of like, oh, everyone outgrew me and I can no longer be used for my body or whatever. Like it doesn't feel that to be true for her, but there is this message around 
making a conscious decision to retire a horse and being careful not to send them. He's wording it as being careful not to send the message of a full mind. Like I've learned all I can from you. Thank you. Enjoy your retirement. It feels very important for him to, it's really cute that he's like speaking on her behalf actually, mm-hmm. um, where it feels like, okay, I, I can no longer learn from you. Therefore you go eat grass and be a horse because I know what your lessons were for me and I've learned them all. And you don't, you, you're retired from teaching me. And he's kind of saying like, we, it goes back to like the, you don't know what's best for me. They have a little bit of this energy around, um, you don't know the depth of my lessons for you. That's, that's what he wants to get across. And so this is more for horses that are being retired, not so much in your herd, because I know you guys and you guys have continued. And maybe this is why it doesn't feel so relevant to Roxy is because she's, she doesn't feel that way, but, um, for horses that are being retired or who can no longer use their bodies for work, or maybe they never really could use their bodies for work in any sort of regular way that he wants people to be very mindful of feeling like your mind is already full and like your horse doesn't have any more to offer you or your, your, only giving them a safe space to land that doesn't feel like it resonates with the <laughs> um he's calling it the old horse community it's <laughs> like that doesn't resonate with the old horse community like the horses that are older still have a lot to teach and there's like this pity energy consciousness that he's kind of like this doesn't really need to be there like um, when people are like, oh, how, how dare you just throw your older horse away? Like you should keep them forever and ever. And he's kind of circling back to this energy around maybe that older horse doesn't want to be with you forever because yeah, they might be finished with your, you know, whatever they were teaching you and they have more to offer somebody else. So maybe just being mindful with the older horses or the retired horses or the horses that are not serving through their bodies. And maybe they once were like being careful of comparison and also um, thinking that you've learned everything that you could possibly learn from them, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to when we're talking about the, this, you know, the awakening that the horses are trying to also usher through where people think, because even the young horses who are needing to be retired because their bodies can't physically handle a workload or do what they were bred to do or expected to do, it's like because there's more. Like our purpose is not to come here to be ridden and serve you and check off all your boxes and get all the things accomplished for you. It's like the the piece of your ego that gets sort of eradicated when you've loved something so deeply and had this like vision of all the things that you were going to do and be with this and get and accomplish then all of a sudden it's like well you can't do those things now but you still love the horse that deeply where you're like well I'm not going to I'm not going to just get rid of you there are some people obviously that transition the horse and maybe the horse goes and does something less and it's what was supposed to happen but the for the people that are like i could never but then it's like well now what um just maybe having that idea of i'm just going to retire you and put you out you know and you can go live your life and i'll take care of you forever 
it's like, well, there's still this like engagement and this connection that can happen. And I think that piece of, well, now what, if I can't do those things now, what with you? And I know that because that's kind of what I went through with my, my gelding who is now of course, perfectly sound mostly <laughs> because I don't have this big grand plan of all the things we're going to go do. He's like, we can go do all those things now if you want. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. But it is, it's don't like, need it anymore. I know I don't need it anymore. And he's like, cool, but we can go do it for fun. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, we could do that for fun. Um, but is that, it, it, it invites you to look at that piece of, okay, well now what, if that, if it's not that, then what, you know what I mean? So the retirement piece, maybe it's even just the retiring of the agenda that you had previously or the ideas or the expectations you have, like retiring those and creating something new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because especially for this little pony, like she kind of likes her new role. I think they, not that horses need to be labeled but she's kind of like yeah I'm kind of the glue that keeps everything together like I'm like the perfect balance for the herd I don't let anyone push me around and if uh, like she feels like she'll step in if like they're getting a little crazy and now it's funny because like Elsie's two horses are at Stephanie's house and we were having a conversation the other day about how everyone is settling in and this morning when I went to connect with um the herd like Elsie's two horses are like we're great we're fine we're destroying the hay nets we are like you know they're totally happy and then like Roxy came in and was like nobody asked me like like how am I doing and all of this and she's so funny because I feel like if she like was a little human she'd like have a little clipboard and she'd like go by like inspecting like how much everyone's eating and what everyone's (laughs) doing and um she just kind of has that energy of like oh I have two more to wrangle in, but I'm curious, um, either Stephanie or Elsie, like if you guys feel like you have anything you want to share on behalf of your horses, um, through like the lessons you've learned from them, if you feel like there's anything important that, um, like any messages or yeah, anything like that. Do you want to go ahead? Sure. Yeah, I can go. Um, I was going to say one of the really cool lessons that I've learned um, interestingly in this like theme around comparison. um, So I have my mare Farah and then my gelding Ike. So I've had Farah since she was born and then Ike came into my life almost five years ago. Um, And he came into my life right at the time where I was transitioning like everything with Farah. We were getting out of the traditional dressage world and um oh can you still hear me and uh yeah so anyways at that point I thought well I had been doing all this stuff with Farah that like wasn't working for her all these different types of training and horse keeping and her body and her mind were breaking down so I was like okay we need to turn this thing around and change everything and um go a lot more natural and holistic and so it was really funny because when my gelding Ike came into my life he was from a very very traditional background as well and so I was like automatically applied the same mental philosophy of like you must need to have everything natural and this is what's best for a horse and I've just learned all this through Farah so that's going to be what you need and I'm going to get it right this time (laughs) and I'm like woo 
And so that was super interesting for me because what was best for Farah, you know, now in hindsight, I took it really well and he is super adaptable, but I've learned a lot in terms of meeting each horse where they are and in terms of their individual needs, because given his background, all of that structure and um, regimented way of life from his previous life was really hard for him to adjust to now of like, you're living outside 24 seven, you don't go in a barn anymore. You eat like whole foods. And so um, one of the big lessons, yeah, from Ike is that um, when I started doing all of this more natural lifestyle for him, it was actually really hard on his system to transition. So that's been super cool for me to um, just gain that awareness of of it's not a one size fits all protocol, despite what we read and, you know, talk about in terms of what is a good or gold standard for horse keeping. I think we can agree that, you know, following the three F's and um, trying to have our horse's lifestyles, you know, as close to mimicking what a horse in the wild would be like is, species appropriate and that that's really great and I certainly believe in that but knowing that if a horse hasn't had that life up until a certain point you might need to be pretty tactful in terms of your approach to introducing this new way and, and checking in along the road to see how they feel um, and whether or not they're down with that plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's so true. Cause I feel like just being an animal communicator and talking to so many horses, it just, it makes me laugh when I see the extremists when they're like, no hay nets or no this or no that, or, you know, your horses need to be blanketed or they can't have hind shoes or they need hind shoes. And like every single horse that I talk to, like some of them are like, I love my creature comforts. I want an additional fan. I want like a hay net in this corner and that corner. And then you have another horse that's like, get me out of this fucking stall. <laughs> and they, they really do all have their preferences and some, I mean, it's just like how some people prefer to live in the country and some people prefer to live in the city. And I guess we could argue like, yeah, they know what they like within the parameters of what they're given. But like, isn't that all of us? Like we put ourselves in a print, we live in a certain city, we, we do a certain job. And so we have choices within the parameters we give ourselves too. So that's like such a big conversation, but I love those takeaways because I've really learned that with my own horses too. Like, I remember I used to feed them all the same thing. And then I like got into nutrition and now they're like on wildly different herbs and they all have different body energetics. And yeah, it's interesting how, but then I don't do that for my dogs, which is so weird. They're all on the same food. So it's just, oh. yeah, it's kind of funny. It, it all starts with the horses. I feel like we start making those changes and then, um, yeah. So that's a really cool takeaway. Um, I would say for me, um, the, uh, the biggest lesson so far has just been, um, sort of a little bit what we were taught, what we were talking about at the beginning where, um, you want to do what's right for me or what's the best for me, but you need to do that for you first. And it goes back to, um, 
you know, a couple of years ago, I was just so desperate to try to connect with Sunny on a on a different level, like a more like a a, a more real level. Um, and he was just like, didn't want to have anything to do with me because he's like, dude, you you can't, you're not even connected to yourself. You you're so out of your body and out of your mind. How do you expect to connect to me? And so we still we still struggle with that, but it's it's getting better. So like that's been the biggest the biggest thing for me, for sure. And I'm so grateful that he has um, come here for that. <laughs> yeah, because I really needed it. So yeah, yeah. They're such crazy accountability that. partners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know. I love that. That's like the, especially because we like, I won't get too much into the personal level, but like just us, like you're like one of our OG tea house members and you come to every single thing that we do. And so (laughs) I understand like the level of responsibility that you hold yourself accountable for. And it was so interesting to me that the entire herd came forward and, and it was funny too because um Elsie and I had a private session a couple of days ago and her horses were like yeah we're off helping your mom like you can you can talk to the dog today because we're like busy we're we're like part of the collective now over at the house and there really is just this energy around and I just decided like this morning when I originally connected with them because I had to connect with them before this podcast because I was like, this is going to be so distracting to me if I leave my energy wide open and everyone just has all these little bits and pieces that they're saying. Um, And so I was like, well, what is Stephanie's part in the awakening? Like if all of you, because all of your horses have a level of difficulty about them, so to speak, like they all just have like these very strong opinions and energies and I thought it was so interesting that they came forward with this message of we continue like we came to her to continuously prove to her that she doesn't have to figure out what's best for us like she she joined with us because we are so centered in like ourself that we don't need her to figure out what's best for us we need to hold space for her to do that and I thought that was so cool because um, you do take on a lot of responsibility just just as the person you are. And your herd is just like such a whole and complete little unit. And they just am like, they're like, we want to come together from a place of wholeness where you can see me as I am and I can see you as you are and nothing needs to change. We just are. Like there's just self-expression. There's just connection. And I guess I'll kind of end with this because this is this is interesting. So I posted this thing in the tea house around correcting vision. And I and those of you who've been listening for a while know that I'm on like this little personal vision. Still have my glasses on if you're watching this YouTube. So my vision is not 2020 yet. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I still have more to learn. But your eyes um, are teaching Stephanie you. Was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And um it's just interesting when I hear this message from your horses, I'm like, oh, that's why you don't have 2020 vision either. Mm-hmm. And I was doing one of these um, lessons the other day uh, and the lady ended the lesson and was like, okay, now just open your eyes 
and let your eyes receive the light. Like, don't try, don't strain, just open your eyes. And I like stood on my balcony and I looked down and I opened my eyes and it was Biggie standing all fucked up. And I was like, mm, why is he standing like that? And immediately my eyes went back to blurry and I was like, oh crap, like I'm missing <laughs> this whole point. Like my eyes are like, you are not going to be able to see until you can look at someone as they are and accept it without judgment. Like oh until you get that goodness. lesson, you're going to have blurry. <laughs> I know. So I've been like walking around like all, like all day. That, so this morning I took my dogs for a walk and I was like, tree, I see you as you are. And I accept you <laughs> rock. I see you as you are. And I accept you. And I can feel when I'm trying to convince myself of that. And then I have to stop and be like, no, all right. I'm judging a little bit that you're limping <laughs> on your left hind. Like, I, okay, how can I come to a place? And it's just so interesting to me, like that energy around, can I really accept where my animals are, where other people are without an opinion about it and just know that that's them and focus fully on me? Like that is a hard thing to do. And so for someone who has a lot of responsibility and you, and you see something that you want to like, fix for them or make different for them um that's a big lesson so yeah you have a whole herd that's funneling you into that at least I only have one horse <laughs> it's funneling me into that oh so good yeah I'm I'm a slow learner but um I'm committed so <laughs> I feel like too Whenever I feel like people say I'm a slow learner, it's like those are always the people that are getting the lesson so deep. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you're not supposed to get it fast because it's supposed to be so thorough and so sustainable and so anchored in. And I don't know where I put, I think I posted it in the manifestation. I'm like talking about the things I posted. Um, and it was talking about that, the fluctuation and the healing. And when you're in these down spots where you're like, oh, I'm in this mm. shit again. And people assume that it's just this like wave that you're riding where you're like, oh, I'm figuring it out. Oh, I'm back in the shit. Oh, I'm figuring it out. But that you're always raising the bar. The dip isn't lower or where you started. It's always going up. Like there's always this incline of learning. And so to remember when you're in those moments, it's like, oh, it's that grounding and the integration of the thing that you're getting downloaded with that you're starting to understand. So it's like, I think people get really hung up in that part where like, oh, why am I feeling responsible again? You know, or why am I judging again? And it's like, but at least this time you were aware of it. You know what I mean? Like years ago, that wouldn't have been something in, you know, the conscious space at all. So I'm always encouraging people to celebrate those moments like, oh, yeah, that was fucked up. I should have done that. But it's like, oh, but at least I'm aware of it now. Like, oh, good for me. <laughs> and to to not judge the downsides of it. Right. It's not to not be too hard on yourself just to be like, I'm going to celebrate the fact that I caught myself. And I was like, oh, that's right. We're not doing that anymore. Let's just new segment, <laughs> new segment. <laughs> so many new segments. <laughs> Yeah, I've been yeah, writing that in my journal really like daily. New segment, mm -hmm. new segment. <laughs> I love that. It's like so, my favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, it's really good. Shaley, Shaley's always coming with like my favorite things that I say. Oh, own idea. New segment. I'm like, oh gosh, okay, okay, animals. I got it, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what's funny too with like the own idea is that started out me following this Instagram of this bulldog who <laughs> had a bunch of physical issues and he couldn't put his hind leg underneath his body. 
So instead of her dwelling on that and dwelling on his issues, she would post things like he's doing a dog show. This is his own idea. And like, would just like, like make light and like positive energy behind the weird things that he would do. And so it started with me like doing that. Like I'd see like the same position if my dogs did it and be like, oh my God, that's an own idea. And then it evolved into this thing where it, it totally does like, um, help you soften things around your animals. So like you notice your horse standing all saggy or like with, with Biggie, it's always this, like, it's always this thing. Like he's always just like this saggy little bag of bones out there that like, he just doesn't look right. And then when he moves, he's like so pretty. So I'm always like, why are you standing like that? And so, yeah, I forgot about own idea. I need to start incorporating that when I see I see him standing because sometimes it really is just a little like mantra or a little thing that you can say to like snap yourself out of that. Like, why do I care about that? Um, Or, you know, just bringing light to the situation doesn't mean that you're trivializing that experience or that you're not being consciously aware if there's pain or discomfort or something like that. But like you can't control everything that goes on in their body. So why would you focus on it? Rocco, thanks for always, ending the session, man. Always ending There's the session. There's always a dog that ends the session. I know. I was like, I oh, know. there he goes. <laughs> He's like, all right, you're talking enough. The point, you're you're just turning in circles with the point. Let's wrap it up, ladies. <laughs> oh, how fun. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. It was super fun. Thanks to the little herdlet that came through to usher in these messages for all of us and give us something to chat about as always and think about. Uh, if you guys are watching or listening to this episode and something in it resonates, then please feel free to comment, share, like it all, all the things. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.